This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast, my big triumphant return. I I had to take a break, had a new special come out on louisck.net, my special called the Crowdwork Tour. $5 $5 on lewisck.net. I had to do press for that. Had to go on tour. Had to promote the special. And most stressful, I had to move into my new apartment, which is where we are now. My first session, not my first session, my first episode. God, it was so smooth up till that point. My first episode at my new apartment in my new uh, not that good setup. I used to do it in my kitchen. Had a little counter, one of those floating bar things. I don't know if, it's, if that's what you call it. You can sit across from each other. Now I don't have that anymore. So I have my guest here sitting on a stool while I sit just a little too close to him because I don't know where else to do this in my house because I refuse to get more than one microphone. Hey, let's do it. Hari Kondabalu. Did I say that? I forgot. I, did I say it, your name wrong? Yeah. It's I okay. did? No, Shit. It's, no, it's okay. I meant to ask you. Before. I mean, I know you, so I shouldn't make that mistake. It's, it's Hari Kondabalu. Hari Kondabolu. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Different rhythm, same no, no, letters. No, no, no. I want to get letters right. I bet sometimes I meet people who are like, you get their name wrong, like, I don't care how you say my name. So, right, well, right. you should care how you say your name. Yeah. I mean, I, initially I was kind of like, oh, what do I do about this name? I like my name, but how is it going to work in this industry? But seeing Zach Galifianakis do all makes me I know. Think. he's. I yeah. always think that about Zach. Groundbreaking. You know, most people must have been like, you sure, Zach? You don't yeah. go by Zach G or something, right? right, right. I, st- I still. Are you, you going to change it soon? I still. I got that recently. Hari Hari Kondabolu. Kondabolu. Bolu. Hari yeah. Kondabolu. Yeah. B O L U. Hari Kondabolu. God. <laughs> I should have asked you before. No, it's okay. No, this is good. This means that it's genuine. That yeah, this is real. This, this just is looks real. looks makes me look genuinely rude and unprepared. <laughs> Which is what I'm going for. You're not rude. You gave, know, me, you gave me this Izzy I know, soda. I gave you a... Uh, well, yeah, I guess you can mention the brand. I gave you an Izzy soda. Well, if I mention it, will they give you free? I'm just thinking, Izzy, I mentioned you. I bought these. Send the case. Well, that's ridiculous that you had to buy them. Two, mi- two minutes in and I'm already asking for free shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you one reasonable question. Well, I bet you they'll... If you got a free thing from... If they promised you a free thing, they would send it. I, I know. Izzy would have... Are you trying to lead into that? Yeah, person? I was trying to segue neatly into that. I, I didn't know if I wanted to talk about that that soon, but we can. Oh, we, we can wait if you'd like. Well, no, let's do it. We've built a tension. You and I, uh, we did... Was it South by Southwest? Yes. And um, we did a show for a certain blog, magazine. Yes. And they had these, these uh, like a booth set up. Well, it's not the magazine blog's fault. This no, 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 I don't think so. Yeah. So I was trying to keep them out of it. And there was a there was a booth set up with these like these uh, speakers that you touch. Yeah, what's uh, the name of the company? I don't know if we should. Oh, okay. Let's. Okay, they can cut that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what if the speakers do show up and then we feel like ah? Oh, I know. Yeah. Then there was a company there, and they're like, uh, 
I think I sort of did my usual thing where I asked I asked the guy from from the magazine. I goes, uh, they giving us stuff because they do that at South by Southwest. And the guy goes, oh yeah, go over there. I went over there, got a whole little tour of this thing that you put your iPod in and it's like a big pod type thing. I go, yeah, I took my address. Still no speakers. Yeah, unbelievable. It was awful. I because I remember. <laughs> What they make you do is they make you sit through like a kind of a sales pitch where they go over all the different things the speakers can do. The fact that you can, you know, have these speakers set up in multiple rooms and it's easy to set up. And I live in a studio. I don't care. But I'm like, okay, I'll listen. Because the idea is if you listen to this person talk for an extended period, they'll give you free speakers. Right. And and it was cool because we never get free stuff because we're comedians and nobody cares about us. Yeah. Do you ever ask for free stuff? I do it online. I do it on Twitter sometimes. I have a couple of times. It works. It works. I, I, tried, I reached out to Palmer's Cocoa Butter because I love Palmer's Cocoa Butter. And <laughs> what do you do with Cocoa Butter? I, I like to I put it on my hands. Sometimes I put it, you're not supposed to put it on your face, but I do it anyway because I like the smell of it. How much does cocoa butter cost? Is that not very much. much. No, that's that's the reason why they should send me a shipment. Right. Also, do you know what I did ask for for free? Was uh, you know those airline cookies you get? Biscoff? Yeah. The free ones? I got addicted to those. So I was flying Delta so much, and Delta goes yeah. with Biscoff. So I, when I stopped flying for a while, I got really upset that I couldn't get the cookies. Because no one just hands you the cookies in real life. Or if you're waiting at a restaurant, they're not, while you wait, here's a Biscoff cookie. Right. That's not how it works in the real world, only on airplanes, right? And so I contacted the Biscoff people on Twitter saying, I really want free cookies. I'm almost famous. Send me a box. They sent me a box of their, uh, they have this, uh, I guess it's called a speculos spread. It's basically the Biscoff cookies ground up and filled with butter. And it's like peanut butter, except it's a competitor for peanut butter. It's like this this Biscoff it's cookie food. spread. Yeah, basically. And I didn't ask for that. I asked for the cookies. So I actually uh, sent them another message oh saying, I specifically asked for the oh cookies. Oh, my God. Thank you for this, but send me those cookies. And they still sent me a box, despite, despite my lack of shame. Wow. So that, that was a big one for me. Will you write a third email and ask to, for them to send some to me? Yeah, I, I will do that so if you'd Todd's like. Todd's not a complainer. Send him the paste. Send him the cookies. You'll have me the way. But he would prefer the cookies. Right. Wow. But that, that a... they came through on, unlike these speaker people who really yeah. dropped it. Because there were multiple emails sent demanding yeah. our speakers. And I tweeted pretty viciously. <laughs> Nothing. Not even a reply. I bet we'll get them, and then we'll uh, we'll rock out. We'll feel bad. Do you really want them? <laughs> That's the thing. It was more of a thing where, like, I, I'm trying to think, like, because my new apartment's all stuff. I'm like, yeah. where am I going to put this thing? And I already have a, a receiver and a little stereo set. Huh. Well, I guess you I know. could give it away. You give it away. You could sell it. No, I'm not going to. Would you sell something that someone gave you? I always talk about selling stuff, and I never do. I just feel like that's. Im- I feel like that's immoral. It is weird, and I don't know. I don't know if it's immoral because it wasn't a present from a friend. It was a present from a nameless corporation that clearly isn't very good. Not even uh, it's a corporation. I don't know what the hell it is. It's a present that a friend wouldn't spend as much on. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's, it's a more generous present than an actual. No, it's not about spending right. money. Right. This is the shallowest conversation. I've no, ever no, it is. It I is. Feel it awful. is. And we started with it. I know. So whatever I impression people have. I was going to ease into this. I was going to ease into this. But what we're saying is, uh, hey. We should pay for stuff just like everyone else. Yes. Now you just got off a tour, right? Yes. We were on the, we were on some of the same venues, right? We were. Uh, we went to the Cedar in Minneapolis. That was really good. It was really good. They uh, they spoke really highly of you. They yeah. thought your show went wonderfully, and they loved the fact that you loved the green room. Yeah, the green room's great. Tons of records. And yeah, but yeah, that that I don't even notice because that's the second time I did a show there. And this yeah. time he goes, "Oh, you if you want," and he points to like this turntable with yeah. like three thousand records. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's a big green room. 
it was a former movie theater that they converted into this space. I thought it was a, a former radio station. Was there radio yeah, there's like there. tables, there's desks, there's a bathroom. They I, treat I you can't well. do those. I mean, I have to sometimes do those places where there's no bathroom. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, the bathroom is just, see where the stage is? Oh, yeah, where, <laughs> where the audience is? Yeah, I do yeah. say that. Yeah, just walk right up to that door. So they'll what, see you before and know what you, you do. And it'll kill your kill the mystique. And maybe, yeah. you know, a few pictures, posing quest requests. Oh, but uh, yeah. So you did, uh, what cities did you do? I did, well, on this leg, uh, I did I did a college, uh, Texas A&M. So I was in College Station, Texas. How was that? Um, it was weird. It took all day. I woke up early in the morning from New York. It took all day to literally get to the stage. Like, it's like I got... To Houston, got picked up, taken to the hotel, then taken to the college, like basically twenty minutes before I got on stage. So there was no break to think. That can be exciting sometimes. sometimes. I've had that happen maybe once or but where you're it just like, how many hours of traveling you are. But it, it is. I think you get the little adrenaline thing, and you're and also, you know, we're pros, right? So you kind of just go, yeah, let's fucking do this. Just say, like, just let me give me time to pay. It's happened a couple of times. Right, we just walk go, around. You just have, I know I'm late. You have to give me. Let me change. Right, right, right. And it wasn't my fault that I'm late. Never, I'm never late. That show was weird. I went on stage. I said howdy to be kind of like mock uh, a little bit, be kind of a jerk. I said like howdy, and they all in unison said howdy back. Yes, yeah, because they're polite. It was, apparently, that's their thing in that particular school. They all say howdy, howdy to each oh, other. Oh, really? So they yeah. thought you were a cool guy. I guess so. You should have been howdy. off and running with that. I, I did for a bit. I, I riffed a little bit, and then uh, people started yelling gigum, gigum, gigum. Gigum. What is that? Yeah, I, I didn't know. That I didn't mean any number of things. And apparently, afterwards, what gigum means is putting your thumb up like this. That's gigum. Uh huh. Because apparently, gigging is uh, when they uh, hunt for fish or something. They take a spear or something sharp and they 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 kill the fish by like jabbing at it. And I think I guess for some reason that reminds them of the, the thumbs up motion. So just when you when people say gigum at Texas A&M, you're supposed to keep your thumb up. What does that have to do with your show, though? Like, what, oh, it didn't have anything like, to do what, with what the show. They, think... they wanted to interrupt to make sure I acknowledged them, and gigum was one way to do it, as opposed to woo, which is the worst oh, thing I in see. the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had hate... a I had a wooer at a, a comedy cell I did with him. It was like this <sighs> great audience, and then just went, woo. It was like, you know, do you notice anyone else wooing? That wasn't the way it was when you started. Right? Uh, I don't, well, they weren't excited to see me. When you started. <laughs> <laughs> now they can't lose. They can't control themselves. Wooing is a new phenomenon, isn't it? I don't know. I remember Louie talking about it. I think, you know, and I think maybe he's the one who came up with this, but that I think MTV certainly, because uh, you'd see the um, like the award shows, the VMAs, right. and it wasn't even like an audience that was captive and applauding. It was just like, Ooh, right. Ooh. It's like, yeah, it's just, uh, it I don't know. I've, I've never had the urge to do that. It It's weird because it's usually when I mention a place. So I'm from Queens, New York. Woo. It's like, why do you want to acknowledge? It happened when I was doing Letterman. Somebody, one person, even though they were told not to make sounds like that. Oh, they were? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you don't want to, you're not supposed to interrupt. Yeah. They yelled, woo! And I'm like, why? I can't acknowledge you now. Like, this isn't the time for yeah, it. Yeah, they can't control themselves. Yeah. And also, you're not like, it's not like, hey, I'm from Queens. I'm the only person from Queens. <laughs> right, 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 right. No one's ever been from Queens. Yeah, it's such a weird, it's such a rah-rah mentality. That- right. That drives me crazy. And it's hard because you're trying to set something up and you're trying to have them pay attention. I'm like, are you paying attention or looking, waiting for another moment to be included? Did you, um, so you started at the college. I started at How the college. How many people were there? It was a couple of hundred. I felt like it was every Asian and South Asian person on that campus. Oh, did they go for that up. angle? 
Uh, well, it was an Asian students organization, uh, and I think they were really excited that I existed. I don't know if, if they knew who I was initially, but they were excited that I was there. And so I was, uh, I did stand up after a man, uh, I think his name is Howard Chen. He was, he's a, a news anchor, uh, Chinese American news anchor in Houston. He, he gave a, a little speech about his career. And then I did, I did stand up, which was a little strange after speech, but that's such a college thing to yeah. do. It's like, hey, we want this guy and we want this guy. Let's yeah. put them on the same show. Right. That really? Matter. You can have a news anchor open for the comedian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely that's... different. No different set of How long did you have to do? An hour. Really? Yeah. And then we did like a panel Q&A thing. Just to we, drag it out a little Yeah. We want this to be a seven hour. <laughs> that's just, see, that's when you got to kind of just go, uh, hey man, what do you think? Uh, you know, if you got this guy going on before me, yeah. maybe half hour for me. Right. Since we got to squeeze, you know, we want room for that Q&A, right? Right. Then you give them, uh, you got an hour and a half. But they want quantity. I know. But sometimes I've done it where they, I say, come on, this is there's 30 people here. <laughs> You really want? Yeah, do it. Uh, you do forty five. Yeah, whatever. But you always want to get that check, though. You right. don't want. You don't want right. them to show you on the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't pay you. Right. So you started in that went Texas fine. Man. Exhausted. Went up to Seattle after that, where I started doing stand up. What I'd do is I'd like uh, rent this forty seat theater, and uh, when I want to work on new material, I'll do like an hour of mostly new material. I'll like do four shows each with these like forty seat audience. It's like forty seat uh, with forty people each time. And uh, I'll just work it out from scratch. And by the end of the four shows, I'll have a few new bits out of it. And, and they will put up with that. And <laughs> I guess if you announce, I've never done that. I've thought about doing it. But I, I also don't like to announce that material's new. Why? Uh, I just feel like I don't, it sort of just puts a little, I mean, part of it is like you just, uh, I don't know, it puts a little like roadblock, I think, in front of you. It changes the expectations, yeah. which I like, because it feels like an hour-long open mic, but they're all excited to be part of the process. And, and in that city, because I started there, like, just a few weeks previous, I'd done the Neptune. I'd sold that out, and it was like a big deal. You sold out the Neptune? Yeah. Holy shit. That's the only city where I, I, I think I can draw like that. And so Maybe you think you sold it out, but you didn't sell it out. No, no it was gone. It was great. <laughs> that's they, like an 800-seater. That's a lot. It was great. So that's what. That's the, a nice place too. The forty seat thing. I was nervous. I'm like, well, people come to these after like oh, that. But people came and they were excited because I think it was starting from scratch. Like I was trying to like rebuild this act and try to like you know just try. So you go things. up there with notes. I'll come. I'll go there with notes. Sometimes I'll just like something reminds me of something. I'll just go. And sometimes there's there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. See, I don't there. think I could do an hour where I'd say like none of this is worked out. But let's hang out. For, I mean that's what I do on my crowd work tour. Right, right. But right, I'm right. not really turning that into. Well, sometimes I'll walk material. into the audience. It's so small. I'll just walk into the crowd and we'll chat and that'll bring ideas. And then I'll do the next show right after. And all of a sudden that'll lead to something. And I mean, I, it's just an audience that's so excited that I'm doing it. And I, I can't do that anywhere else. So why wouldn't I try? You, you could know? probably do it here. Maybe not. Yeah, but I don't think I want to do it in New York. I feel like you never know who's in the audience, and people judge different. And I feel like let me fuck around in like a city that like, you know, that will come and love me, and doesn't matter. And then I can screw around with it later. So you recorded all the shows? Yeah, yeah. Just I have audio just just to figure have out. Have you listened to them? Yeah. Have so you really? Wow. Certain bits were pretty like, whoa, this was nothing. And by the end of it, it's like there's a point now, you know, and this was just a riff. And then, you know, and usually that takes like weeks or months sometimes. And it's like, oh, I accelerated it in two days. I got a couple of strong bits that really need to. I mean, they still need work, obviously, but at least I got somewhere. I feel like in New York, it's just hard for me to do that. There's like the creek in the cave. How are they as a crowd? I mean, they're good. I mean, I haven't done a lot of shows, but I know people have done shows like that where they're like, Working it out. Like I was I, I thinking think about Colin that. worked out his show, last show there. 
But he didn't start from scratch, though, did he? He oh, had something. He must have. I mean, so you went up there with, like, not even any ideas? No, no, I had ideas. I didn't have, like, like, I had, like, words, like, bullet points. I'm like, let's see if I can talk my way through this. Um, yeah. And by the end of it, it started to sound a little tight. I feel like I yeah. would uh, I would ease up the crowd work if I did that. Just because I'd be like, yeah. I want to find a way to make my rambling work. So I would turn it into a conversation. Right, right. But maybe I should try to do that. Maybe I should book four nights and charge $10 or... That's, yeah. Oh, wait, by New York standards, that's like charging a million dollars. $10 for a comedy show. What was I thinking? Is right. new material you're going to charge $10? Right. $1. Get, <laughs> get the worst audience you could ever get. Yeah, who has no, nothing invested at all right. in the show. So you went to Seattle, then where'd you go? Um, well, the, I did uh, a college at uh, University of Oregon in Eugene. That was great. That was fun. Um, they, they had me back. I, I, it'd been four years or three years since the last time I was at that school, and I thought it was like last year. And it was just really went good. back, to, rebooked at a college. Yeah, I well, don't know if I've ever done that. Really? There's a, you know Grinnell College in Grinnell, Iowa. I did that. Yeah, I did I've that done that few... five years in a row. Really? They bring it's funny. Cause I had a terrible time. There. Really? Yeah, I liked the town. It was kind of nice and weird, but they they those kids they nominated me to be an honorary class member last year. I can't say I had a terrible time. I just had a, a bad time. There was just like one jerk in my class. Where, 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 where I did you... this show with uh, Wes Stace, Wesley Stace, the musician. Huh. He kind of it was like a traveling little. We did four cities. That's when I did the Cedar first. Whereas uh, musicians and poets all on the yeah. same show and people how, reading. And how stuff. does that work? Is it worked all right. Yeah, yeah, it worked good. Um, but there wasn't a ton of people at the Grinnell show. I feel like it wasn't promoted very well. When or was people it? Don't, colleges often they don't care. Like they just are like, yeah, we're not interested. Well, they're spoiled. They have everything. Right. It's like it was free, and you're, we're in the middle of Iowa, and we all came from all over. Yeah. Like it was where I remember being a freshman at college. I went to Bowdoin College, and I don't think I realized how amazing I had it. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to see David Sturz. Oh, I don't really feel like seeing Angela Davis. Angela Davis. Like yeah. everyone, everyone came yeah. to that school. Like, oh, I just don't feel like it. You don't feel like it. You can just go down the hall and see these people. You don't want. You don't feel them. I remember, yeah, when I went to University of Florida, there was like, a, there was like, yeah, was, I'm upcoming shows. I don't know where I was, and they were like, the Talking Cats are gonna be playing for free at the uh, band show. And you're just like, holy shit, college playing for free. Yeah, it's a free show. Talking Heads will be doing a free show at the band show. And, um, yeah, so you get a stuff, but they have huge money to pay people. So after you eat your meal with points. Go watch the Talking Heads for free. Go to the cafe. Go to the Rats Gallery, and then go to Talking Heads. <laughs> so you went? To, did you go to uh, so Seattle? Then you did Eugene. Did you do Portland? Uh, I did not do Portland. I did Portland just a few weeks previous when I was doing the tour for uh, the album. Oh wait, which tour are we talking about? I did. I thought that's the tour we're talking. No, about. no, no, no. I did that tour. I did. Um, I, I did the the Brooklyn shows, and then I went out to San Francisco, uh, the Independent. How was that? Great. It was great. Um, we sold it out, which was like, whoa, that was my first big really? show in San Francisco where I've gotten to like, how many people do, were there? Uh, between three and 400. Maybe. That's good. Yeah. And then I went to then, um, Seattle, uh, then Portland. I did helium one night. Uh, and then I did, uh, uh, Chicago. I did, um, oh, you did Lincoln Hall. I did Lincoln that Hall. That was good. I just did that. Great. That's fantastic. Sound ca- yeah, that's like just carriage you so nice there. There's no like, background sound. You go there, you hear like, uh, there's food. Yeah, they're food's like, good there. They give you a menu, the great food. There's someone like sort of being your handler type. Oh my god, that room place is set good. up right. Yeah, yeah, that place is love that. 
Did you get a good crowd there? Great crowd. That that, that one sold out, too. Holy shit. I don't know. Where do people know you from? I have no idea, Todd. I mean, I said that with a little bitterness, but I... This is confusing. if you're selling a lot of tickets. This is the first time I've ever done a thing like this, and this is the first time I've been to certain cities and certain rooms, and I've sold things out. You haven't even toured a lot, though, have you? No. Maybe that's why. You you don't have a special... I had well. I have the Comedy Center presents. Oh, you did do one of those. Okay. Yeah. Well, you maybe did, that you resonated. Did a commercial for it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That. You were very funny. Maybe that resonated with. Uh... Well, I think the album helped a lot just to have this album come out and have like a reason to talk about. I mean, plus totally biased whatever following we had. I mean, that certainly helped being on the Comedy Center. You were on that show a lot. Yeah, I wrote. I, I haven't seen my. Uh, I did something for them, and I still haven't seen it. How am I going to see it? I don't know. What did you do for them? I think I played that some sort thing. of racist kind of thing. Wasn't there a horse thing? I don't know, something outside where I was a racist. I don't know. <laughs> I said some uncomfortable stuff, but... That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> do you... Uh, I don't know why people are showing up, but it's nice. So that you did two tours. Now I'm all confused. Now, yeah, I did I'm that. Off track now. I did that tour. I came home, did a break, and then we just picked up a few of the shows I didn't get to do. Oh, so okay. so then after I did... Uh, so, the, so the first tour, then we did... There was Washoon, St. Louis. I did that at the college right before a t- tornado warning. And then in the middle of the show, the tornado buzzer thing went off and we had to evacuate to the basement. And they asked me if I still wanted to do a show, even though I was very scared. But apparently in this like basement, there was a black box theater that wasn't being used, which is bizarre. Yeah, I feel like in that case, you have to. I mean, yeah, part of me would no be like, anymore. no, I'm not doing the show. I think the show's over when there's a tornado. Right. But then it'd be part of me like, how cool would that be? Like, yeah, let's still do a show. We did it. No microphone. I just kind of, and they were wonderful. You get a little hazard pay for that? I, I, you know, I should put that in my contract. If, that's a, ever... if there's a tornado. <laughs> yeah, that should get a bonus. And the rare occurrence of a tornado. An act of God bonus. Yeah. What, um, so you went to, yeah, uh, you went to Minneapolis. And... Then, then it was Chicago, Chicago. Then I went to, I think, and then Boston. I did Improv Boston. Did a few shows there. And then I went down to Philadelphia World Cafe Live. Which was oh, that's a good one too. Which didn't draw that many people. No? no, that one I don't get Philly. Why I didn't do well in Philly? But I just didn't do well in Philly. They, they were nice, but they just next time. Good. Next time, maybe. Yeah. Next time around. And then this tour is the one I went to uh, Minneapolis in DC. Okay. Where were you in DC? U uh, oh. Street Music Hall. They were lovely. They were was really, that good? They were, it was great. That room was great. They don't do much comedy there, but it seems like it could really work for comedy. Yeah. Are you going anywhere else? You got anything booked? Uh, so this was like your first taste of touring yeah did you like it i did i mean i've done colleges but it's different yeah, this is like so. real you know not not to say young people it's weird like they're they're always 18 to 21 i'm a year older certain references college is more likely that they're just there because they're looking for you know yeah, they saw a poster up. exactly so it's, it's this has been nice uh, i'm doing a, the bridgetown uh, comedy festival it's yeah it's fun so it's camp basically right and uh and then i'm uh what else am i doing i'm doing um studio 360 on npr i'm, I'm doing um doing like a live show yeah. that is the longest siren yeah there's always, there's, there's always sirens during my this uh, feels weird i feel like i'm being really braggy we just talked about my tour and how well it went it feels well weird. i asked you if you, you didn't you didn't go like i did the show it sold out you did this i you said i played here and then i said oh and then you said it sold out no you uh, i asked you if i was asking you about attendance well, I feel like my impression so far is compl- like I'm complaining about the lack of free speakers. Yeah, that that's the part that might be hard to justify. Yeah, and now was, uh, this guy thinks he's something, even though nobody knows who he is, and he wants nah, free he speakers. Sold out, and... man. Did you? Uh, <laughs> so you did. Um, what studio? Three sixty. 
It's uh, it's a show that Kurt Anderson hosts, uh, who created Spy Magazine, and they have musicians and authors and comedians on. And the show, it's because it's me, Andrew Bird, and uh, Jennifer Egan, who wrote Goon Squad. Okay. So, so I guess I do some stand-up and an interview with both of them. It's going Where's to be, that? Uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music, Harvey Theater. Is that a paid gig? Yeah, they'll pay me some money, I think. <laughs> now, you were just on... Coincidentally, uh, wow! That is there must yeah. be like something bad Speaking is happening of outside the place. This I think is the longest siren in the history of the Todd Barry podcast. Boy, it's not wow! I like to find a nice uh, apartment that's over a major, major, major street. At a certain point, the really the siren becomes unnecessary. People, are I, not I never understood. To... I never understood laying on the horn. Yeah, along yeah. with the siren, it's like. They don't notice a fire truck behind you? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm just being thought, thoughtless. But right. someone, I'm sure, can explain that to me. Also, imagine if you're so close to the place you have to go to, and people are hearing it. It's the cruelest thing. There's a fire, and I can hear the truck, but it's not getting any louder. What's going on? It's awful. Yeah. Let's get back to you and your sold-out show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Studio 360. Now, yeah. you just did, and I just aired, it aired yesterday, I did... Uh, Terry Gross. Fresh oh, air. you did Fresh Air? Yeah, at Eric yesterday. She's so nice. Yeah, she's really cool. I, when I was on the uh, the phone with her, I was in Boston and she records in Philly. It felt like I was talking to my therapist and I had to keep reminding myself, no, she is. Uh, she will re- put this on air if you, if you say it. Yeah, I mean, it never got overly personal. I think mainly because I just didn't let it. Right. She was also very respectful. And yes, said, very you know, much so. If there's anything too personal, just let me know. Yeah, and she said the same thing to me as well. But, but it was very interesting, but, just comfort. She yeah. Does, she does research. Yeah, and she, yeah, she did her homework, and there's like lots of clips. I like that she played clips, because yeah. there was times where I was like, man, I am being a little boring. At least you can play this clip of me being successfully telling a joke. Was it throughout your career, too, the clips, or was it just from a certain period uh, of time? She, she played clips of my last stand-up uh, album, she played uh, clips from Flight of the Concords. Ah. I think a, maybe a clip from Bluey. Wrestler? No, she did, but I, I sort of muscled in the wrestler. <laughs> I muscled the subject matter. And she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, we can talk about that. But that was, uh, did you get a lot of attention for that? That, that was helpful. I mean, it certainly helped, I think, with the, the second leg of the tour. People came because of that. Um, yeah, I was really relieved. Like, I haven't listened to it yet, but I was, because I, it was a few weeks ago that I did it, and yeah. they, they, I didn't get an air date. They do a great them. job. And they I was like, oh, man, maybe maybe they, they're they scrapping it. Maybe it was shitty. And then I heard, oh, no, we really like the new That's great. Beyond. Has it gotten some uh, good attention? Uh, yeah, I got a nice bunch of little tweets about it. And, uh, yeah, some Facebooks. Um That's high. That's kind of a – I felt like it was like, wow, that's kind of high profile. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's, – I don't – think i realized how big it was i knew it was like whoa i'm shocked i'm getting asked to do this yeah why were you asking i don't know it was really nice i know kamau did it last year kamau had a wonderful time but kamau just had a tv show so i'm like oh that makes sense he had a tv show i just put out my first album and i know that she liked it but i was kind of surprised that like she you know wanted to talk to me she was great that was really you know one of the best if not the best interview i've ever done yeah, I enjoyed it. I just, I, my worry was I was so exhausted when I was in there and I, yeah. and I didn't get enough coffee. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to fucking fall asleep while being interviewed by Terry Gross? But apparently I, I hit it out of the park. Great. Like it was the most amazing interview that she's ever done. Oh my God, Todd. I, I don't she know. said this to you? No, but I just, that's the feeling. <laughs> that's the feeling I got. The impression. But 
So then, you, do you have anything else scheduled? Um, I guess me and my brother are um, uh, hosting Wyatt Senac's Night Train show on the nineteenth. Really? Of May, yeah. Your brother from uh, he, he was in the he, he was, was in Dos Racist. He, yes, he was uh, the now defunct now uh, defunct Dos Racist. Yeah. I did a show with them in Seattle. Yeah, at uh, what was it, the Soto? Um, it was the uh, Showbox, right? The Showbox, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were nice guys. They're nice. Yeah, they, they, they were nice, unbelievably fucked up guys. That's at the yes, and uh, the, is that wrong for me to say that? Because I'll cut it out. No, <laughs> I mean I think that they were they were partying. Them. Yeah, the way some bands will party. Yes, and uh, yeah, and then it fizzled out. <laughs> but I mean, it was, uh, it was an interesting few years. He got to see the world. Did you ever tour with him? Did you ever like just go on the road? And... You know, I was in London uh, doing uh, doing something, uh, and he, him and his band were in London. So we just we made up there, and then I went with them to Denmark for a couple of shows. Which was uh... fun. Just Solomon Copenhagen, Aarhus, which was kind of surreal, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a following everywhere. What were you doing in London? Am I allowed to ask? Sure. So this was a few years ago. I was uh, taping a TV series for BBC Three called Live at the Electric. And so I had a segment on the show called Hurry Kundabolu American, where I gave my American takes on British things. It was awful. I hope no one sees my thing. I, oh, I, I'm going to look that up. I asked them not to put it how'd on that, How'd that end up happening? Um, I know it was produced by Avalon and uh who i'm with and the management company and they produced that and they thought i was a good fit and i submitted my ideas and then we we did it and it was hard because i think the audience was a little younger so i'm writing my colonialism material and they're kind of like no a little bit more about you know you being an american here and i'm like ah some bieber stuff oh wait he's not american it was <laughs> it was it was weird yes you know, so i gave them valley girl accents yeah i did <laughs> just i so. gave british young people valley girl accents <laughs> There's some stuff about Bieber. I'm from London. That's a very open-minded <laughs> British impression. <laughs> That's one of the dumbest things I've ever done. But I, at least I pointed well, it out Well, I grew up in California before I moved here, and then that's why I sound like that. Did yeah. you... Uh, I like London. Yeah. I, like, I think they do comedy right there. The interval system? Yeah. That's great. It's weird, though, because they, what they do there, the clubs, is they'll do a couple comics, then they'll have an interval. Yeah. So you go in the back and get your drinks, yes. and then they start up again. No when I do shows here, I never do an interval between my opener and me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I see in that in a comedy club setting, yes, it works pretty nicely. Yeah, and they're doing showcases. It's not like a headliner kind of right. thing. So. Did you uh, have you ever done stand up over there? Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's confusing actually. It's because like some stuff works great, and they keep saying, "Well, you're American. We get all your stuff," and you know we love Bill Hicks, and I'm like, "Oh, dude." <laughs> they love Bill. I know they do. Um, but it's very, um, yeah. I mean, I lose a lot of stuff. I kind of have to write a lot when I'm there, which is good. I'm a comedian, I'm supposed to. But like, there's that strange like here. I, I there is a certain like outsider lens. Like I get to be like I'm an American, but I, I have another ethnicity, and and that's something that's a source of frustration. So that contextualizes that part of my personality. I can talk about other things, but that's certainly a part of what I talk about. When you're in London, you're an American, so it's like. Uh, this is hard to explain because you're seeing me as American for the first time ever, and I don't know what to do with it. I did an Indian uh, BBC show when I was what there. really? What yeah, show? I mean, this was South Asian, but do you remember what it was? It was a woman, a very serious woman, hosted it. Yeah, could, I could see that she was not. Um, it she was not uh, understanding of my vibe. Yeah, and she was just like she asked me to talk about nine eleven. Oh boy. She's like, we have a lot of you know people who would be interested in hearing about 9-11. Oh, it's boy. Like, well, because I'm from New York, I have to talk about 9-11. This is right after 9-11? Yeah, this was oh, uh, maybe seven years. In. I don't. It was a, year, a few years after 9-11. But it was just like, can you interview a comedian without 
and then she did one thing where she asked me how much money I made. Oh, so no. I said, uh, oh, no. and I go, how much money do you make? And in, I could, I looked in the control room, and her staff was just like flopping their hands. They were just like Laughing. so happy that yeah, I yeah. did that. And I was like, oh, they must. Uh... She was nice. She was just, I could see she was like, like one of those people who called you weird in in middle school. <laughs> like, you're weird. I don't get you. Like, no, I'm not weird. Right. You just don't get me. You right. just don't get me. Right. But she was nice. But it was it was like I don't know why they I don't know that I sold a lot of tickets from that. Yeah. But um <laughs> from that BBC from the BBC uh Indian talk show. Um why don't you go over there and do the Soho Theater? Yeah, you people have been telling me I should do you that. You have British management too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, like all of us waver with confidence. And I sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I know a lot know. of critics. It ain't like doing the stage. No, I, well, I did the Edinburgh Fringe uh, one year, and it was really like, I don't know. It was weird. Just a bunch of college students on break reviewing professionals. It was yeah. very like, why do you get to tell me what you think, and how come your star count matters? You gave me three stars. What does that mean? Right. It was very bizarre. It was, it yeah, was, three stars. I almost felt like. I want it. No, nah, that's not true. But no. you almost want a one star. <laughs> right, yeah, just, Three stars, just like a. Eh. Well, the things you liked and just shut up. Completely discredit me. So, so you did a month you. there. I did a month. Where? Uh, at the Pleasance. What was the name of the courtyard? Pleasance. Yeah, but I forgot the, which venue in the the cabaret bar. The Pleasance cabaret bar. It was a one of those sh- showcase shows. It was like me and uh, Avalon has this thing called Comedy Zone. And they have like four comics and like younger comics that they're trying to bring up. And I guess I'm, I was the American on the bill and. Uh, I only had 20 minutes, so it wasn't heavy lifting. The problem with that, though, when you're getting reviewed, is that uh, you know they, they get a consensus. And they so compare, if there's some guy brings the yeah. whole thing down, yeah. and you get three stars, when, even if they <laughs> thought you were a four-star. Right, and, and instead of investing in you, they're like, oh, I like this person more, so this person's better. Yeah. Which is that weird part of um, comedy, which I know. Like, why are you comparing me with my colleagues now, publicly? Why am I getting a performance review publicly? Yeah, it, it's, it is rough over there. Yeah. Would you go back? To Edinburgh, yeah. it has to be the right set of conditions. Also, it, it just feels like you always lose when you perform out there, unless someone gives you, you know, yeah, money. I, I, yeah, you, you lose money. Yeah. You can lose money or make money. That's more. their system, though. They lose money, and eventually they hope they get a big deal that covers all the costs. It is a thing that kind of keeps drawing you back. Or like, There's part of me that's like, God, I want to try that again. <sighs> well, I mean, I did it twice, it? seven years apart. What was it about it that wanted to bring? Just like the I don't know. You just kind of at the challenge. But it is pretty miserable at times. They loved Hannibal. Jeez. Yeah, Ludbury loves Hannibal. Yeah, but, Hannibal but is very loved. He's and he. I'm was, the only one who hates Hannibal. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he was he was great. It was just amazing just to watch. Like, wait, yeah. was I there that year? Huh? I think you came right at the very end. You were oh, there for the whole month. No, I wasn't. No, yeah, no. you were at the stand, right? Yeah. Maybe I saw you uh, when Stuart Lee was doing uh, stuff. Were you at the Stuart Lee shows? I did get a Stuart Lee show. Yeah, maybe, maybe I did run into you. I, you know, he's my favorite comedian. He's good. I like him. He's incredible. I talked talk, about him. I talk about him obsessively. I just think I, I've never seen anybody do that before, what, what he does. Incredible. Yeah. Did you meet him? Yeah, yeah. And he knows I'm obsessed with his work, too. He, really? He'll give me free CDs or stuff oh, at this cool. point just to be like, I know. He's a nice guy. I haven't really had Wonderful. a very long conversation with him, but he's always been nice. Have you read his books or anything? No. Oh, I've seen him a couple of times. Well, the books them. are pretty amazing, just like because he takes the, the specials he does and he does transcripts of them. First, he tells the story about everything that happened to him that year when he write, wrote the thing. And he does a transcript with footnotes so you'll, you'll know like what inspired the joke or like he borrowed this tag from a friend or, or was given this tag or he bought this tag. or Really? Yeah, there's like one reference, I think, to that. Maybe. If I'm wrong, he'll destroy me in the next session. But like he's, uh, yeah, he, he's very like, 
open about the writing process and it's incredible. It's not a how-to guide, but you could read it as a how-to guide in terms of how he did it and just how, you know, and, and we're in certain ways almost collaborative because comedy, even though it's us, it's collaborative. You talk to comics and you, you build on each other and you get spurred with ideas and he's very open about this idea was inspired by this or this person. I had a conversation with this person and it led to this and yeah, it's amazing. That, yeah, he's good. You did Letterman. You just did Letterman. Yeah. I watched it. It was good. Thanks. Did thanks. you enjoy I, it? Yeah, I was nervous. I remember we were talking right before I did it, too, in, in Austin. Why would you be nervous? Why wouldn't you be nervous? I had to wear a suit, Todd. No, and I didn't you should ha- be nervous. I didn't have a microphone. Yeah, I don't know that. I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do with my right, ha- right hand, because that's the one I hold the mic with. Well, that's the problem with that thing, where they don't want you to use a microphone. What's the logic? Because it no, covers I don't the know face, what the logic right? is. It covers part of your There's, face. I can't. No, I don't know what the logic is. It's we, someone's call. I'm guessing it's Letterman's call. It's but they, did, they didn't always have that. Yes, I saw. Because um, I've done it with a microphone. I think I saw Dwayne Kennedy set, and I think I saw him with a mic. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little weird to be like, this is the way you always perform. Yes. But when you're on TV, you have to do it a whole new way. And I was, my friends called me out on it, too. It's like, were you pretending to be a talk show host? Because I had my hands together. I was doing the That's fingers a, thing. I was doing that should, motion. No one should call you out on anything. <laughs> but it was, was like, what, the, what did you do at your fucking job? <laughs> yeah, I, I moved my hands the way like a talk show. <laughs> fucking, what would you have done in the situation? Yeah, it was scary. I didn't know what the hell to do with my right hand. And it's hard to rehearse that. Like, yeah, there's times, you know, you can go up on stage and, and have the mic on the stand. Yeah. And then at some point, I went, I, I was like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. First yes. time I did it, though, my hands were flopping all over the place. Right. But I think you can put them in your pocket. But I think it just looks weird unless you like it. I guess it's a little freeing, but. If you know what to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, last time I did Conan, I, I, um, I, I had a handheld mic. Yeah. And I tend to sort of dig into the mic and yeah. I kind of jerk it. So yeah. I, so, like, you know, some cunty YouTube comments and we're like which I stopped reading we're like oh he looks so nervous it's like it's, everyone's nervous when they're yeah. performing yeah and then on television yeah which is not it's not a natural I mean, thing to do it's you not see, how you it's not, you know, a singer jumping up and down right. part of that is nervous energy how, how, how do you explain to them well here's the thing there's a camera in front of me yeah, and two thirds of the audience is over there and one third's over there and I don't know who to focus on right now and there's a camera and I have to also play to the camera yeah. that's weird how do you explain that to people you don't and they don't care did you uh, were you nervous like day of and right up to, like tell me step by step yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty nervous. I mean, I got there earlier than I needed to. I walked out. All of a sudden, all these people. There was like a whole camera paparazzi thing, and they all start taking pictures, which is weird because I've never had that experience. Oh, really? Yeah, and then and then I was holding my. There, my who was on the show? It was uh, Peter Dinklage. Okay. And uh, uh, Sage the Gemini was. They had. They had. A, they do comedians and musicians on the same shows now. Yeah, which yeah. Is yeah. New, I the think. comedian goes on second. Yes, yes. Almost um, almost guaranteeing you will get on and not get bumped. Yes, which I did not know, which was which was cool. And so that was weird, just because I've never had that experience of people wanting to take my picture like that. And uh, I was holding my dry cleaning, which I think was funny. It's like, but before he does the thing. And uh, my brother was there, and we were just looking at each other, like, what the hell is this? Walked in, uh, uh, had some of those free cookies that they Yeah, they do about. have some good cookies. Good cookies. Did they give you cupcakes as well? No cupcakes. Cup- was uh-huh. that is that for your first appearance? Or? No, I think they, uh... They gave it to me on my. Oh my! What little, like, you're talking about little uh, mini cupcakes. Did, you know, at nine thirty club in DC, they give you free cupcakes before every show. They're nice at the nine thirty club. Yeah. Oh, actually, it was uh, it was used to music hall, but they're owned by nine thirty club. But yeah, okay. have you done nine uh, nine thirty club in DC? No, I'm doing the uh, 
Sixth and I on uh, Thursday. I've heard that's great. Yeah, I've only done the big room. Now I'm doing the downstairs down and dirty. That's at the Uh, synagogue, right? Yeah, it is a synagogue. Yeah, that's where Kamala done a thing. Yeah. He said it was great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be there Thursday. But, uh, see, did Letterman, do you want to, I wonder if, when's he going off the air? Like, I wonder if the, I'm not sure. I mean, I'd love to do it again. I mean, it's weird because you, know, you get paid for the gig, but you also have to get a suit and I didn't have a suit. So you're basically paid with a suit. <laughs> I guess it's good to have a suit though. Yeah, it is good to have a suit. Did you get a good suit? suit? Yeah, I got it tailored, uh, at a place called Brooklyn Tailors and uh, I got there and, uh, they said, oh, we're making another comedian suit as well. I'm like, Aziz. Yeah, how did you know? Because he gets suits. <laughs> Aziz has a lot of suits. They're not. I'm like. I'm like. Oh wow, man. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. He has a lot of suits. He's more on this tour. He's more a lot of suits, right? Yeah. He. He's. I think I asked him. He said he has like twenty suits or something. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of suits. I think they have a lot do, of closets. They do some of his suits. suits. Maybe I'm not supposed to share the fact that is, is his suit like is that secret information? Is that inside I don't information? Think, I think we're all right. It's just you're revealing that he wears suits. I don't yeah, think, I don't think that's a big. But I, is it a I don't think thing? he's going to take you side. Go, hey man, why are you telling people I wear suits? Right. When I wear suits in public. Right. At Brooklyn, at, but is it weird that I mentioned the name of the place that makes the suits? For? I don't think so. I that's, think, that's helpful to to them. I think it's only weird if we just keep talking about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> My paranoia. Yeah. Although that makes it interesting that you're so worried of all things, of all the horrible things you've said tonight. Yeah. That you're worried about the people are going to think I'm an egomaniac. Oh my God, he said he bought a suit. At this I've place. alienated everybody. Someone else has bought a suit there as well. I've alienated all the people I respect. Where are you going? Uh, what what projects do you have? Well, my brother and I are doing a podcast called the Untitled Condobolo Brothers Podcast. So we've been releasing that semi regularly, uh, really irregularly. What's the uh, What's the angle? Two brothers talking into a microphone. Do you have guests? Sometimes, yeah. We did a live show, and we had Kamau on a few weeks ago. But apparently, the place we did it said that their computer broke, and they lost all the audio and video. That's why I keep looking over. If you notice, I keep looking over. I'm just so paranoid, because I've had one or two instances where I've recorded. <sighs> it's heartbreaking. And you're like, oh, that was a fun talk that didn't get recorded. Right, and will never be recreated. You can't recreate it. Yeah. It's the moment. I, we would anyway, but. That was a fun show, too, with Kamau. We had a really good time. It, it went like two over two hours. It was just shooting the shit. It's great. And this was live? And there was a crowd there. They they had a great time. He's like, oh, why did we lose that one? There's so many that we got. That I'm like... And also, maybe stop me in the middle of it and let me know you're having... Like, did they not know it was <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. It, it recorded, and they saved it, and their computer system crashed, and there were no backups. Should be able, man. I don't. You I feel they, like there's they a way should be able to get the file. It's like, oh, I mean, it's hard. I could be wrong. That's what such I, a good. What do I know show. about data recovery? <laughs> right, right. Data recovery is not my thing. Well, it's funny. They're really nice, but then they're like, "Well, we want to know when do you want to do your next, your next one here?" And I'm like, "Let's find this one first before yeah. we re- rebook." Hey, let's do it. Maybe we can have this happen again. Let's <laughs> well, not record it this time. Right. Let's so be open what, about that. Yeah. So sometimes it's you and your brother talking. Just my brother and I talking. We do like an like an hour. We do too long. I mean, we we edit a lot though. Do you? Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of stuff like we'll say because it's so loose, comfortable. We're like, ah, we shouldn't share that, or that's a friend, or too personal, or. But so we edit a lot, which is part of the reason why people have asked is why don't you get an editor? Because the the production quality is awful. People listen to it because it's good, but not because of the production. quality. Yeah, I I have the same thing. They like you, so they're going to listen. Yeah, but yeah. there are people who are like who will mention sound. Yeah, and then I listen to it. I go, it kind of just sounds like two people talking. Yeah, it's not, not the ideal, but it's. I mean, you do realize that's what you signed up for—two people yeah. talking. So, yeah, I'm your fiftieth. Is that a big deal? A half century? Yeah, half century. You might be fit my fiftieth, and maybe we'll just 
we'll call it a day at 50. Oh my God! What is so? what does that know. mean if you call it a day? Know. Should I quit being a podcaster? How well, have I've you liked it so point. far? <laughs> what point did you? I proved my point that I can do it and yes. make a couple million off it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard about that, but uh, I don't know. It's just a lot of work getting guests, and then was it that hard getting me? No, you're easy. Yeah. That's why I got you. Oh right, I don't no. mean easy in a bad way. Like oh, I know you. I was successful. You're easy to talk to. Yeah, and, yeah I, I like train right away. Yeah. That was a, that's a compliment. I didn't ask you if you notice. I didn't send you a writer. Writer, yeah. I didn't ask. We got you a writer. fucking grapefruit soda. It's <laughs> an Izzy. What do you ask for in your writer? Um, did you know that you have to pay for it if you ask for stuff in your writer? Yeah, I they did. Well, there's always, yeah, but sometimes you can go to a place and they'll be like, "You want food?" But that's it's not a lot of money. That's why I do keep it to a minimum, though. Yeah. But I noticed, like, I did a show recently in Houston, and like. Yeah, we got your sandwich that you asked for. And it's like a like a subway sandwich sitting mm. there. It's like I would I never eat that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. I'll eat a nice grilled chicken sandwich, but I would I would never eat just hey, just put any sandwich down. Yeah. And then I called my agents and they're like, Well, I go, Can you read me my rider? And they're like, uh, bottles bottles of water, snacks, sandwiches, and you can lose the sandwiches. <laughs> I go, I'm never gonna want a randomly picked sandwich right. to eat. Right. But I will ask for a menu to order some Thai food. Yeah. Do you eat a lot before you go on? Not much, but recently I have only because I've been starving when I get to the gigs of all the travel. Because sometimes the routing isn't perfect and you get there. Yeah. So it's just like, ah, I'll just eat whatever just to get through the show. But I, I, I don't like eating right before. It's hard when they you get when heavy. They leave for like a lot of food. Like I did this show in uh, San Francisco. Where were you? At, at this place, the chapel. Really good. Oh, we talked about that. And it's attached to a good restaurant. Food's really good. Yeah. And the guy just kept bringing in this food. And I felt guilty because there was so much left over. Yeah. But there was also like too much food. Right, right. And else, but he pulled out, he put out these hand, uh, homemade potato chips. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, don't, oh, I'm going to have to eat a lot of thousands. I can't believe I just did that whiny voice. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut that out. Um, how long are your shows, the crowd work tours? I mean, they've you, been going long. Like sometimes, they're like an hour and 15, sometimes longer. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, how do you stop? It's hard to stop. Do you have an opener? Yeah. How does that work? Because the opener's doing material. Yeah. Opener's material. Yeah. And the opener uh, introduces me. Right, but I mean, uh, well, I don't, I'm familiar with the... <laughs> I mean, well, what... But just because, like, you're doing something that's so not that. Like, is it confusing? Because that person's no, just no, like... No, no, no. Just doing... I, you know, I'll sometimes I'll introduce them. I'll go, you know, I'm yeah. coming out here doing some crowd work. Here's a guy going to do some jokes for you. Yeah, yeah, And then, uh, yeah, and they're nice people that show up, so it's not like they're like, the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... How many of your podcasts have you done? Not enough. Like 15 over the course of two years. Yeah, I was spitting about one a week. And then yeah, I, I just hit a wall when I had to move and go on tour and go promote this special. How, how does man and I was do just it, like, man. Yeah, he really. But also, once you get that, I think once you get that machine going. Yeah. You know, you, I did his recently. And it, you know, he's got the nice setup in his house. He right. gets people to come to his house. He lives yeah. in L.A. with lots of people. Right. Got a good setup. He's got people working for he him. He banks them. He's yeah, I mean, I have someone working for me, and I mean, who helps me a lot. Yeah, but he banks them. Yeah, but it, it's still you still have to have the conversation. And but, people uh, want to, you know. Now they're vacuuming outside my hallway. Wow, this is incredible! The this obstacles is, that have been created. Yeah. I should have maybe worked the apartment theme into the name of the podcast. What, what is the name of the podcast? The Todd Barry Podcast. Oh, right, right. But the um, but yeah, Marin. He, uh, I think it's but Marin is that he. What he's what's different from him than me is like I, I don't think that you can just drop any actor or musician in front of me and I'll be able to talk to them. Right. 
It needs to I be. can almost only talk to comedians or friends who aren't comedians. Why? Because I'm limited. I'm a limited. <laughs> I'm stupid. I'm limited. But self-aware. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had like, you know, I had John Worcester on, musician. Right. But he's also a friend of mine. Did you get Yola Tango on? No, I, I should have him on. Yeah. Need Who else have, have you toured with? Just them? Uh, Were you toured with Modest Mouse? No, you, Eugene no, toured with Eugene them. toured with yeah. I've toured with uh, Amy Mann and uh, right. done some shows with They Might Be Giants. But Ted Leo. You know Ted, don't you? Yeah, I know Ted. Yeah, yeah. I should have Ted Leo. Ted, Ted's great. Uh, Mates of State I've toured with. Mates of State is great. Really? Yeah, good, yeah. yeah. Have you toured with the band? No. There was, I mean, me and my brother talked about it for a minute just to, that I could tour with them, but it wouldn't, it would be terrible. That's That'd be right. like a rowdy crowd, right? Yeah, that's not, no. And I, I'm, no, I'm good. Yeah. That's, okay. <laughs> that's the way, I hope that's the way you said you answered his question. <laughs> no. Hey, do you want to no, do some I'm, shows I'm together? Hey, I'm all right. All right. I'm all set. Thank you, though, <laughs> brother. Is that your only brother? My only brother. Two you of have, us. You have no sister? No sister. How long have you been doing comedy? When does it count? When, when, when do you count it? I counted from when I started doing comedy. The first time I was on stage? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not, that not, was your, fir- not your first fucking uh, college gig or January anything. 14th, 2000. I was oh my. in my high school auditorium. For like a talent show or something? I started a comedy night called Comedy Night. And uh, I, I booked all the acts and I wrote sketches. By writing sketches, I mean I stole old SNL sketches and reworked them. And, and by stand-up, I mean that I, my very limited experiences as a high school student with, like, old Margaret Cho and Chris, jo- Chris Rock jokes with an Indian twist. It was awful. It was god-awful time. That sounds... Awful. Sounds like I wish if someone taped that... Oh, yeah. It would I'll pay me. top dollar for that. There was a recording that cut off right before I got on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. You have a lot of problem with that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, like, mysterious... Uh, did you... Um, where was this high school? Townsend Harris High School in Flushing, Queens. Where the mascot is named after me. Yeah, weird. What do you mean? It's called Hardy the Hawk. It's a giant red hawk with my name on the back. H-A-R-I. Why? But specifically based mm-hmm. on you? Yes. Um, when, I, when we were when I was a senior, I was doing this comedy thing, and we, our school was a school that you didn't. We were, we were a nerd school. We didn't really do stuff. Some people played sports. Nobody cared. But like we, we just did work. And uh, there was a kid, he had a tennis school spirit named Mark Florman. He was a sophomore, and he really wanted a, a mascot. So he raised half the money, and the school gave him half. And he could name it after whoever he wanted to name it after. And Jonas Salk went to our high school to get it to cure polio. Oh, yeah. And Salk, Hawk, kind of close. He went with me. I was his favorite <laughs> senior. That isn't, that's not even a thing. He's a Let's great see. but weird kid. Name it after the guy who came up with the cure for polio. Or, right. Or a guy who stole SNL sketches. Right. Did him on stage. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, and uh, he named after me, and I've been trying to live up to that uh, forever, my whole career. That's crazy. Yep. It's still called Hari the Hawk? Yep. Apparently, uh, the the dry cleaning bills were pretty big, so they stopped using it, and they just shoved it in a closet. That makes me feel they sad. They had to dry clean a hawk? Well, it's a big, it's a mascot, man. Like, Can't they, they steam clean it? I don't know. I'm sure Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> I would take it up giant it's, it's just the, <laughs> It's just the product they need to clean a stuffed hawk. I love that. It's, yeah, we don't have a mascot anymore because of the dry cleaning bill. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's straight up. Not a big sports school. We don't have $60 every four months. We didn't have a football team. It was it was a big nerd school in Queens. So and... you had a comedy night, so you had other high school quote-unquote comedians? Yeah, we had somebody who ripped off Drew Carey. We had somebody <laughs> who ripped off Margaret Cho. We had somebody... <laughs> who, uh, who, uh... How long after that? They go up again? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to count that one after all that. Then I went to college, and I did it in college at, like, 
poetry open mics or music open mics. Where'd you mics. go to college again? Bowdoin College Where's in that? Brunswick, Maine. Oh, that's like... That was a, from Queens. That's an adjustment. How'd you end up there? Uh, I applied to six colleges. I got into one. <laughs> I thought I wanted to go to Wesleyan. I ended up going to, uh, to there. Yeah, Wesleyan or Vassar were my top choices. Yeah. Where else did you apply? Wesleyan, University of Middletown, Connecticut. Vassar, Poughkeepsie, New York. Brandeis, uh, which I wanted to go to because they had a castle on campus. Uh-huh. Georgetown, NYU, and uh, some other play. I think that was that six. Yeah. You majored in like international policy com- com- or something comparative like? politics. Comparative uh, politics. Yes, basically political science. How did you pick that one in Connecticut? Is that a good school? University of Middleton? Uh, Wesleyan. Wesleyan no, University. No, you said there was University of Middleton or something. It was in Middletown, Connecticut. Oh, that's a oh, Wesleyan. Yeah, yeah I've heard of Wesleyan. Wesleyan's yeah. great. I, but I ended up going to Bowdoin College in Brunswick, Maine. And that's good? It's a great school, but it was it was like an adjustment. Like, Queens is the most diverse place in the world, and like, Maine was an adjustment. Like, it was very bizarre. To so you were there for four years? I was there for three. My junior year, I studied away at Wesleyan. Ah, oh, finally. Yeah. You all came full circle. And uh, so I did kind of. Did Comedy, it was weird. Like, I, I, was, I learned how to do 45 minutes, even though it was a bad 45 minutes, but I knew how to pace myself and I knew how to write. And I didn't have a firm voice, and that, that takes time, but I figured out a lot of stuff just doing it in front of classmates. And I could so, you draw. did college in Maine? At, at college? You did, no, you did comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I performed a couple of times at the Comedy Connection in Portland, oh, Maine. Oh, I've never done that. I'd come home on breaks to New York and I would like do Gladys's. Uh, is it Ham- at Hamburger Harry's? Yeah, and I would do. Do, do you ever do this open mic that used to be in Park Slope, the blo- at the Blah Blah Lounge? No, it was like this poetry open mic, and I would. I my parents uh, lived off the one seventy ninth F train stop, so I would take the F train all the way to Park Slope, which you know, an hour and a half with buses and all that, just to do three minutes at this open mic. Because I didn't want to pay for time. I always thought it was bullshit. So yeah. like, I would do this shitty open mic. And it would be like poetry and some weird performance art, and like an old white dude that like got out of his house to play Born to Run. Always Born to Run. It's always Born to Run. And then he'd head back to his family, and it was always the same thing. And how was he able to do that in three minutes? Yeah, right. That's a good four. Yeah. I'm gonna guess that's like a that's about a four. He brought it quickly. It's a little bit of an epic the punk right? version of Born to Run. It's an he, anthem. There's no three minute anthems. Version. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking. But like yeah, I would do uh, open mics in, in in New York, and I'd I'd go to the cellar and watch like you and Marin. Oh, and what a la- what an education that must have been. Nick DiPaolo and Patrice and Hood. Remember Hood? Oh my God, yeah. You see Hood in his dynamite bit where he'd open up his. I heard that nine eleven really screwed up his touring. I would imagine he so. could travel with his fake dynamite. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. Brent Geraldo. I mean, yeah, I mean that those lineups are kind of. It's just weird because you realize in the rest of the country, like, you wait for the comic to come to your town and you have the one. And But in New York, it's like, I got to see all you guys regularly. Right, and then Seinfeld walks in. Right, or Chris Rock or Chappelle. And and that's normal. And in comedy style, I think, I don't know if they still do it, but you get the, you could get two drinks and it was free admission. And so, like, you're, like, 18 and you get two sodas and you get to sit and watch, like, the greatest comics in the country. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And you? Oh, oh boy! Yeah, all these years of comedy to make that joke. Let's uh, let's fucking wrap things up, man. Yeah, this, this has been fun. It was fun. Did you enjoy this one? I did. It's all nice right. to talk to Have you. Have you done a lot of uh, podcasts? I've done a fair number. Did yeah. You repeat anything? Can I turn any of the things we talked about into material? You no, mean? no, no. Did oh. you? Was there any crossover? Or something oh, of course. I found a way to sneak that hawk thing in. I try to do that as much as possible. Yeah, lots of, I would bring that up a Me, lot also. The fact I sold out all those rooms, always important to mention. Let's talk about your album real quick. Self-awareness. I'm always self-aware. Um, 
Yeah. Waiting for 2042? Waiting for 2042. What is that? Is that a reference to a bit? Yes. Clearly, Uh, I haven't heard the album. 2042 is the year, according to census figures, where white people will be the minority. And the whole bit is about how, like, it's obviously false and it's a scare tactic because, like, you know, first of all, race is a construct. It's not a real thing. And also 49% doesn't make you the minority, right? It makes you the biggest. Yeah. Right? Uh, Because all minorities aren't the same. But that's a lot of... That's not for an album title, and Waiting for 2042 seems adequately provocative. No, I think you should have done everything you just said. <laughs> right, like a, Fio- a Fiona Apple yeah. style. Like, and, it's, uh, and people can get that? On iTunes and Amazon. And, uh, who put that out? Kill Rockstars. Oh, that's and, right. You did the yeah. cool label. I did the cool label. Who, yeah. They've been really great. And I'm working with... Uh, you know, I, well, we just finished, but the, I have been working with Sheila Penny, yeah. who is a wonderful... Uh, my publicist is she, is she a publicist as well? Yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah, she's very good. Yes, but we don't need to we talk just about did some, publicists. We just did some PR a lot of for people Sheila out there. Penny. Don't talk about have publicists, so they can't relate. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people also don't get free speakers I like know, us, so we terrible. can relate. to Yeah, people. a couple of really, I think, a couple of really regrettable turns we took in this <sighs> conversation. But overall, fault. I think it was good. It was my do you have a website? Yeah, of course you do. What is it? It's harikundabolu.com. But the joke I've been making, Todd, <laughs> and other podcasts as well is. My website really is Google at this point. because oh, no if you can misspell, even if they misspell your name, they'll figure it out. Oh, that's Google, a, Google knows. That's a good joke. Yeah, it's a pretty good joke for that kind of situation. That's a good joke. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Hari Kondabolu. All right. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Hari Kondabolu. I liked it. First episode of my new apartment. Uh, little sirens still, but you know it's New York. Tour dates, my crowd work tour. First, my crowd work film, which has gotten nice reviews. Got a B plus on the AV Club. That's you can't get higher than a B plus. And uh, but if you read it, it seems like an A review. But hey, who's gonna bring that up other than me and other people? But that's at lewisck.net for five dollars. It's like seventy-four minutes. Five dollars. It's the worst that can happen. And I have a few more Crowdwork shows in my Crowdwork tour, if you're listening uh, immediately after I put this podcast up. This Thursday, May 8th, I'm at 6th and I in Washington, D.C. for two shows. Then the 9th, I'm at Underground Arts in Philadelphia. Then on the 11th, I'm in Cambridge, Mass. at the Sinclair. And then the 13th, two shows at the Bell House in Brooklyn, which are most likely going to be sold out by the time you hear this. Hometown, you know? Sell a lot of tickets. Should have done it at like a theater at Madison Square Garden or something. Alright, thanks again for listening and uh, at Todd Barry on Twitter. FeralAudio.com presents this and other podcasts, so you should check them out. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.